Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this night, and thank you for my son Caleb praying for me. And uh, Lord, we just open our hearts to you tonight, Lord. We want a fresh encounter with the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you lead us closer to your son Jesus, Father. Holy Spirit, lead us to truth. Lead us to Jesus Christ tonight. Help us to be disciples who follow Christ. Lord, I just submit myself to you as a vessel. I pray speak through me and to each individual heart as you see fit. We give you this time. We give you this space. Lord, encounter our hearts not only in this room, but also through Facebook Live and the recording. We just want to make much of you, Jesus. We want our hearts to be connected to yours so that we can be your disciples lifelong. Help us in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take the next, as I've said when I started this series a, a few weeks ago, and then we were out of town, and then Ken shared last week, but we're finally getting to part two. But I'm going to spend four to six weeks approximately on the theme of discipleship. And so the title of this message is Discipleship in the Timeless Call to Follow Jesus. Um, this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. I love talking about what Jesus talked about, which is he, he came to raise up followers, people who would follow him through the ups, through the downs, and he called us to follow him for life. And it's when you're young and you first meet the Lord, everything's exciting, and then over the, over the years and the decades, as they begin to unfold, we hit the rough patches and then we hit another, you know, we kind of like slide on some ice and we kind of slide forward and then we hit a brick wall and, you know, then we stumble this way and then we find out it's not as easy as when we first signed up. But he's called us to be faithful to follow him through all the ups and the downs and the stumbles and and so my heart is to raise up disciples who will follow him to the end. That could be tomorrow, that could be 50 years, you know, Lord willing for all of us, it's, it's decades from now. But part of our, our calling on this house is a house of prayer is not only to pray, but to raise up men and women, young and old, who say, I'm going to follow him no matter what to the end. And so that's my heart in this series is I just felt like the Lord whispered in my heart, remind your community, you know, remind my people this is a lifelong commitment. This is to the end. 
and it's worth it. And I'm going to unpack some of the, the it's worth it things in the next few weeks. But just a couple reminders really quick. I'm going to begin with just the, the verse we read a couple weeks ago. This is Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then the questions we're going to look at tonight, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world, excuse me, and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? He continues to say, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Jesus makes it very clear if we want to follow him, there is a denying of self and there's a taking up of our cross and there's a following him. I unpacked those three charges a few weeks ago. And so just real quick as a reminder, I like to think of it like this. Like imagine if Jesus was just right here and he was going to be speaking tonight and he finished his message and, you know, Guy in the corner says, hey, I got a question, Lord. You know, can you tell us how to follow you? Jesus' answer would be this answer right here. He would say the very same things to us 2,000 years later. Some kind of have this notion these days that there's new creative spins on what Jesus said. I'm telling you, you can take this to the bank. This is... 2,000 years later, these words are how we follow Jesus. You can take that to the bank that's worth its weight in gold. He would not say, well, I said that 2,000 years ago, but since you're American and it's the year 2021, eh, the cross really, you don't have to take that thing up. And, you know, just deny yourself. That's That's not just, you know, don't deny yourself too much. He wouldn't flinch. He'd look us dead in the eye, eyes burning with love. I mean, no one's ever been more loving. No one's ever been more interested in your freedom or my freedom. He never said anything to put a yoke on us, a religious yoke. He never said anything to overburden us because that's the culture he was ministering in. He was ministering to a people who had a a heavy yoke of legalism placed on them Sabbath after Sabbath, rule after rule, a burden after burden, religious hypocrites for leaders that didn't live what they preached, preaching heavy, weighty burdens. Jesus comes on the scene saying, this is the way of freedom. It's not a popular message. It doesn't make you feel good, but Jesus is saying, if you deny yourself, and again, go listen to that message if you want to unpack that, Take up your cross, there's difficulties involved, and follow me primarily. It's not just follow a religious leader, your favorite YouTuber. It's a follow me. You do those three things, you will understand discipleship and what it means to follow Jesus. 
And so he would not flinch. If he stood here today, he'd say the exact same thing. The Bible says, what does the Bible say? He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God has not changed. His ways have not changed. His words have not changed. Now he does new things that are new to us, but to him, they're, they're ancient. He does things that are new in the nations that seem new to us, but they're in his old bag of tricks. He's known about them for ages. He's never changed. And his plan's always been going forward without any hindrance in his mind. But they're new to us. But I just want to assure us, Jesus hasn't changed. His message hasn't changed. You go with those red letters, you go with what he said, you're good. Now, I would caution you if it's a fancy YouTuber and they got a slick YouTube channel and they're kind of giving you slick language, talking you out of, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. You go, hey, I like you and you're pretty slick, but I'm going with the red letters. I'm going with the Bible. And at the end of the day, when we stand before the Lord, guess whose words matter? Not the YouTuber who is slick. It's that Lord. It's our King. We want to... We want to make sure that we were right with his words. Now also, important to, rem- to remember that what Jesus said was directed not only to the crowd, because we see in different passages he spoke this and there was a crowd present, but his disciples were there. And so the disciples are already following him and he says this to them which I take to mean that we need to hear the message about following Jesus over and over again, even though we're already following Jesus, because we need to talk ourselves into it season after season, and we need to let him talk us into it season after season. And so he says to his disciples who are already following him, by the way, here's how you follow me. And I think what he was getting at is, is essentially, guys, you've followed me this far, but I just want you to know, if you want to keep following me, there's a cross you got to carry. And sometimes it's hard. And you, you got to deny yourself. And sometimes it's hard. And you got to follow me. And sometimes that's hard. There's great weeks and there's tough weeks. There's great seasons. There's tough seasons. That's, that's the healthy Christian life. Jesus also said it's open to anyone. He made it very clear. Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, whoever desires, anybody's invited. No one is left out. The invitation to follow Jesus, have our sins forgiven, and inherit eternal life, that's open to planet Earth. And I don't know about you, but I want all of us to just follow him to the end. Let's go down to number two on the notes. Caleb, can you get Jen some notes? I don't know if... Oh, you got some. Okay, good. This is moving on from that introduction uh, at reminder to verse 26 in giving the, what I would call the premier message on discipleship. Jesus asks two questions. So he gives three statements... And then he asks two questions, and I find them very interesting, and I think they're worth talking about tonight. 
After saying you need to do this, this, and this, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me, he says, now let me ask you a question. I'm going to paraphrase it. Excuse me. He says, let's say that you don't follow me. And let's say, again, this is the DKV, the Derek Kissner version, paraphrased. I just like to put it in our language so we understand the heart of what he's saying. Let's say you don't follow me, and because you don't follow me, you end up very wealthy. And let's say you end up so wealthy, you gain the whole world and everything in the world. Let's say you become the most powerful person in the world. Let's say you have all the wealth in the world. And yet, in doing that, you forfeit your soul. He's taking his disciples, and therefore us, down a line of thinking, which is where I find most people hit the fork in the road. They, they say to themselves, well, I want to follow you. I really want to make a lot of money, though. And I, and I really want to be somebody. And I, and I really want to make something of myself. And I really... And there's these competing desires that all of us have to face and we have to constantly reorient with the will of God because our own desires will just kind of veer us a little off track, but over time it's way off track. And the Lord says, you're going to have to deny yourself a number of times on that journey. Now, the Lord's not against us making money. The Lord's not against us paying our bills. And, you know, we got to do our life. But there's a mentality that he's getting at. Let's read these questions. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I think what he's addressing is this this worldview of I got to gain more, I got to get more, I got to just do this to get a little more money so my house is a little bigger and I get another car and then I get another, another uh, you know, garage for my, for my house and then I can put three cars in there and then I can get this and I can do a side hustle and get a little more money, I can buy that house and then I can get that boat and then, and then I'm dead. And the Lord's like, why did you do all that? <laughs> like Jesus is saying, okay, to pull it back a few if you want to follow me on the front end, you're going to have to make radical decisions that are completely, uh, I, would, I would say, completely otherworldly. In other words, you're making decisions based on another world and a future age to come instead of just going with the flow in this world, in this age. Because the spirit of the world, the zeitgeist, is get money and then get more money and then get materials and then get more materials and then just keep pursuing and to have more, to have more, to have more so you can retire bigger and have more wealth and get more power and, and keep working your way up all the way up until you gain the whole world. And Jesus says, I've got a better way because that will compete with your desire to be my disciple. Jesus He's really, in, in, in my mind, he's cutting right to the bone right away saying, from the get-go, make the radical decision to not live this life to see how much you can gain now, but live in such a way that you can gain things in eternity. And I'm going to talk about the principle of 
reward or heavenly reward based on how we live in this life, our measure of surrender and our contentment to live the life Jesus has called us to live, the work he's called us to do specifically, our obedience to that will be linked to to a reward in heaven. And I want that full measure of reward then. I don't want to kind of sidestep my calling. So, uh, I mean, I know the Lord's asked me to do this, but that doesn't make me any money. So I'm going to come over here and do this. And, well, I'm super successful. I guess I'm supposed to do that. And the Lord's like, no, I told you to come over here and do this and kind of make a meager living and be content with that so you could have time with me. Oh, but Lord, I just could I just, I got to have more stuff. I got to have cars and I got to have bigger boats and I just want people to like me and all these things over here. And, and Jesus said, oh, that'll, that will cost you your soul. At some point, all the chips will be in. In fact, Jesus made it very clear. Sometimes when I touch on things like this, because we live in such a wealthy society, people, I think, misunderstand that I'm not against money and I'm not against wealth creation. I'm not against capitalism. What I am what I am advocating is a true loyalty to Christ and an obedience to his words. And if you read his words, I'm telling you, he really cautioned us in the, in the area of riches because riches and wealth will steer us far away from him. And I, I see it all the time. If there's anything that will quench a fire for the Lord, it's a good job. <laughs> it's just a little bit more money. It's like a little bit more money, a little bit more opportunity, and all of a sudden we have no time for the Lord, no time to serve him. And the Lord says, oh, but if you, if, if you would obey me and make radical decisions to carve out time, and, and obey me in the area of finances, there, w- there would be such a depth to you and there would be a reward in the age to come. Let me just kind of get, I'm kind of going all over the place. I'm not even going off my notes at this point. Jesus, in calling us to be his disciples, wants the best for us. And when he talks about hey, you're going to want to wrestle with this whole notion of gaining things, gaining uh, more and, you know, potentially making decisions where you're, you're losing pieces of your soul on the way. He says, you want to wrestle with that because it's easy to get trapped inside of this worldview of, okay, I I just exist to make more money, climb the ladder, get more stuff, and maybe I'll be powerful one day and I'll be able to tell people what to do. That whole thing, that's the world system. But I assure you, there's something far superior. It's just saying yes to the Lord. And here's the thing, if he leads you in a direction that makes you very wealthy, be generous. Be missional with it. Be gospel-centric. Build churches all over the nation. Support missionaries. Build libraries. Fill them with Christian books. It's not bad to have a lot of money if the Lord's given it to you. But if he's given it to you, there is a stewardship and a responsibility to be radically generous. The only way to overcome this potential snare of, of a disciple uh, uh, acquiring, uh, I would say, a lot of wealth or material possession is just to radically give it away. And here's the thing. If we give it away, the Lord can give it right back. 
And when you, when you get, I'm telling you, that, that's where you get free. When you give, oh, you just give and give, and then it comes right back to you. And so you're like, oh, this is how it works, okay. And you just keep, it just doesn't always work exactly like that. But you remember the story of the rich young ruler. Very wealthy, very powerful, and the Lord said, just give it all away. I have this notion, I think the Lord was challenging him, give it all away and see what happens. It says that the young ruler went away sad because he was very wealthy. I, I would love to see thousands of people in our city, thousands of believers that are just radically committed to giving in, in generous, extreme generosity levels and see what kind of wealth would come in and just keep sending it out. Saying, you know what, I can just live on this. I don't, I don't really, anything on top of that, I'll just get rid of it. I know people who live that way and they're so blessed. They're very wealthy. They live on little and they just touch the nations with their money. I think the Lord is really trying to challenge because in our culture, we're so prosperous and we're so wealthy that it's hard to see through it sometimes. It's really hard to recognize how blessed we are. And I tell you what, Jesus was very clear. He said in Luke 16, 13, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devo uh, devoted to one and despise the other. Excuse me. You cannot serve both God and money. Made it very clear. You can't serve God and money. One will take your, your, your heart somewhere. And so we have to again and again say, Lord, I want to be signed up to serve God. And if I'm signed up to serve you, then money's not my master. I'm telling it what to do. It's not telling me what to do. I want to encourage us in this room and those who are potentially on Facebook Live, begin to ask yourself these questions that Jesus asks. And just be honest. Where am I at? Am I living for profit now or am I living for profit in the age to come? Am I, am I living to acquire as much as I can now? Is that really my mindset or do I have a kingdom perspective? I'm looking forward to a reward in the next age when I stand before the Lord and he says, you just, you gave it all to me. I, I'm going to give you so much more in heaven now. And some people say, well, I don't want anything in heaven. I just want to be there. And I just want to, I want to tell you, you have a good father who wants to so show his appreciation for your dedication to him. You can't earn this, but you can't stop your loving father from showing how proud he is of you. And I'm telling you, he will shower you with praise and he will shower you with reward just like us as parents do for our kids when they get a good grade on their test or they score a goal in a soccer game or whatever. I mean, if we're evil, the Bible says, if we're evil and we love our kids, how much more does a father who has no sin, no evil, want to show his love and appreciation and reward his kids? I'm telling you, we're gonna get there and he's going to want to massively honor us. And that's, there's going to be all kinds of, and there's actually, you can go through the Bible and find out one of, many of those specific rewards that will be given. But there really are. There are awards, not earned, but given out of the love of the Father. 
to show, you know what, I love Jen. She was so devoted. She accepted my calling and took up my cross. Here's a beautiful cloak of righteousness. Everybody's going to see that Jen walked obediently, obediently with me while she was on the earth. And then Amber's going to have this crown on her head. And everybody's going to go, oh my gosh, Amber was one of those who just walked through the fire and was just so obedient. And that crown just speaks of her dedication. And then there's, you know, many more. I'll have to, you know, think of them for you, Peg, and for you, Joe, and others. But I'm just, I'm just thinking there are going to be things you wear. There's going to be things you have in your heavenly home. There's going to be all kinds of realities of rewards, and we'll talk about in the future. Long story short, it's worth it to think often, how can I, how can I live now for that day? How can I live now as a disciple where I'm not looking, how much can I get? How much can I acquire? How cool can I look? How many cars can I get in my garage? How big can my house get? How many side homes can I have? How many boats? How many islands can I buy? I, I read an article of a famous uh, athlete who, I mean, is just wealthy on top of wealthy on top of wealthy. When the pandemic hit, he didn't want to be around anybody, so he just bought an island. I'm like, who does this? He has so much money, he just bought an island to put his family in so they could stay away from COVID. I'm like, man, I wish I had that option. Actually, I don't. I'd probably be foolish with it. I want to say this not as like a, I'm not trying to be controversial, I'm just trying to be biblical. There will be profound disappointment when the millionaires and billionaires stand before God to give an account for their life, to realize in that moment how selfishly they lived and how they truly lived for themselves only, many of the wealthiest people who've ever lived will have a very painful discussion with God. And some of the poorest people who had almost nothing but were generous with it will have some of the greatest reward in heaven. And so... Sometimes people think, well, I have to be rich to be generous. No, you can be generous with very little. In fact, I've heard stories, you go to other countries where it's just dire poverty and they have nothing in their house. You go to their little hut and they just give you everything they have because that's just what they do. Be generous with what you have and you just live so free and in that, you're not only living free now of that zeitgeist or that spirit of the age that says, just gain everything you can and live for you and insulate yourself and comfort yourself. You get free of that, but then you're storing reward in the age to come. You're making the best investment in the universe. I mean, there's some good stocks out there, but I'm telling you some really premium stock is you give generously to the Lord and to the Lord's work, and to the Lord's people, I'm telling you, that's going to have a payout that nothing on this earth can come close to. That's some good stuff. Let me just make this, I'm going to bring this to a close. Let me just make this real simple. One of the major issues of saying, I want to be a Jesus follower, I want to be a radical disciple, if you really want to do it the Jesus way, eventually you're going to have to 
You're going to have to let the Lord touch this whole area of money and possessions. And you're going to have to, at some point, surrender fully to, you know what? This is where I want to live, and anything above that, it's the Lord's. I don't need five houses. I, I don't need, I mean, you know, it's, everybody has to work out what obedience is for them. There are, there, there's no cookie cutter rule for everybody because some people are called to be real estate moguls and make a lot of money and give it to the kingdom. Okay, so there's no cookie cutter rule. But I'm telling you, God honors when we say, you know what? I'm just going to be a generous believer. My finances are, everything's on the table. If the Lord wants it, it's his. I, I would say I'm so glad that men and women of God taught me in my late teens and early 20s to really surrender the area of finance to the Lord. And the idea of our possessions and our money and everything in life being on the table, God, take whatever, whatever you want, it's yours. And I've gone through seasons of great prosperity and seasons of intense austerity. And I've just sought to just really live as generous as possible no matter what season I'm in. And there's times where there was so much money and there's times where there was like, how do I even pay for my mortgage? And all kinds of crazy stories. I've seen miracles. I've, you know, by the grace of God, released miracles to other people through finance I'll say this, there's a whole area of following Jesus that just, no, no one, you can't even know about if you're not surrendered in this area what he's talking about. So let me bring this to a close. Surrender completely. You know, just take, take some time to talk through this, pray through this. Like, Lord, I don't want to live my whole life Worrying about money, trying to get just a little bit more so my house gets a little bigger and get another car. I, I just want to escape all that. I just want to be faithful with what you called me to do. I just want, I want enough to get by plus a little more so I can give to you, give to others, but I don't need, I don't need a yacht. I don't need this or that. And I'm not judging you if you've got a yacht, okay? That's between you and the Lord. But just you and the Lord work through that. Let me just read this real quick. I've got it written down here. I say this all in love, of course. Jesus shared a parable about the, the sowing of seed, and he said there's some seed that ends up among the thorns. And he begins to explain the thorns are those who hear... But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for things choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. I'm telling you, many Christians, they're saved, but they're unfruitful because they want things. Riches have deceived them. They're really thinking their answers are in the money. And it's like you go to grasp for more money, you get it, and then you, part of your soul leaves your body. It's like you give up a little more of your... It's like, well, if I just use a little more of my time to get a little bit more money, just to do a little bit more hustling, the problem is years go by and you've had no time for God. 
Can I say something a little controversial? Because, I mean, I just, I'm going to just say it because I love you guys. And There's this whole new thing called hustle. Go get a side hustle. Have your job making money and get a side hustle, make more money. Can I just tell you, if all this hustling means there's no God in the equation, there's no time for Jesus or church or serving the Lord, or it's not worth it. I want people to get a side hustle of prayer. The Bible's very clear that wisdom is worth more than gold. Having a spirit of wisdom and revelation, knowing God, knowing the word, having a deep prayer life, that stuff's worth way more than money. Being able to speak something to somebody and see them get free on the inside, you can't pay for that. That's priceless. We want to be deep. We want to have stuff that's worth more than money. And if we're just wasting our life hustling so much just to get an extra dollar that we have no connection with the Lord, how are we going to help people with real stuff? I mean, I think the problems in this world, if they could be paid for in money, Jeff Bezos could do it. Bill Gates could do it. There are so many issues in the world that no amount of money can take care of. What the world needs is deep, committed disciples of Jesus Christ who can speak a good word in due, in due time, who know God and can speak the truth in love. We need a vision for this. We, we, we have to go beyond just, well, I said a prayer when I was 10. Am I good? No, Jesus said, no, come after me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me daily, your whole life. And I'm, and I'm not doing it just because I'm an egotistical leader and I need followers. Not at all. He's saying all of this because this is what leads, again, the greatest freedom, the greatest excitement, the greatest reward possible is if we follow him faithfully. Sure, we say a no to a lot of things now, but it bears fruit in time. You know, so much of following Jesus... I am going to close here. <laughs> so much of following Jesus does not make sense until we see him face to face. You know, the Bible says every knee will bow and we'll, all, we'll be knee, kneeled down. Like, Lord, how'd I do? You did amazing. You loved me through all the difficulties. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but no, no one doesn't perfect. Enter into the joy that I have here for you. Look at all I've prepared for you and all your decisions have meant to me. I saw every single decision you made. And here's what I give you now. And I'm telling you, if you will just think about from time to time, eternity, where it's all going, then your yes today will make sense. And the difficulties make sense. And the, the, sometimes you're carrying your cross and you're like, Lord, I'm following you and its cross is hard, it's difficult. And then you just... You're like, oh yeah, it's going to be worth it. Amen. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.